0: Good morning everyone. I don't want to tell my story either, do I have to? Alright, I will. Never work with children or animals, hey? I, uh, I trip over on both those ones. The narrow road. We've been preaching a series now for a few months. Uh, called Kingdom Mandates and uh, Sermon on the Mount. Let's see if I can get this working. There's a narrow road. He's got plenty of room there, hasn't he? I had lots of preaching over the last uh, three months about this Sermon on the Mount and I've discovered that my sermon today will be more special than any of the others. I didn't plan this, but when, when you look at those words at, towards the end of this chapter, in chapter 7, Jesus is actually summing up. He's been preaching on the mountain now for, who knows, quite a while. he has been preaching about all the stuff we've been talking about and he's coming to his conclusion. He's summing up. He's bringing a, a take-home message that you take away with you. This is usually the spot when preachers find that those that have been asleep stretch and wake up and begin to stir as you bring the conclusion. In these last few verses, that's what Jesus is is saying. He's bringing all this to a close. And Jesus uses, in Matthew 7.13, as Ashlyn said, he uses the analogy of a, a spiritual path to take in life, not a literal one, a spiritual one, a spiritual journey. And early in in the church it was called actually to be on a a way. Those who were Christians were regarded as someone that was, was on the way, part of the way. So what is that way? Well firstly I want to tell you three things that this way is not. This way is not easy to find, as we read this morning. It's not easy to find. In fact, few find it, Jesus said. And the critic would say that, well, that's not fair. Surely that everyone has a right to to find salvation. Surely everyone has a right to find this path. Why is it difficult to find? And when we look back just a a few verses before this, just a few mouthfuls of words that Jesus said before this, we will find context to this that will make a lot of sense. Jesus is is, is speaking about asking, seeking and knocking. And those that that seek, find. Those that knock, the doors open. Those that ask, (coughs) receive. It would make perfect sense if you were sitting there in that crowd and Jesus had just been speaking about that and now he's talking about seeking a narrow road. And when you dig a bit deeper, Jesus was actually saying, when you ask, keep on asking and you'll receive. When you seek, keep on seeking and you'll find. When you knock, keep on knocking and the door will be opened. It was never meant to be a passive thing to knock once and see what happens. It was meant to be an ongoing seeking, a a doing word, a verb. And those that keep on seeking this narrow gate and narrow path will find it. In one version of the Bible actually Jesus says to strive to find this narrow road. That word in the Greek is is a word called agonisme, painful to say and painful to do. Agonisme. this that's where we get our English word to agonise over something, to strive, to seek, to find this narrow road. The second thing that it is not, it is not an easy journey. Sadly, I could sit down and I could list a heap of friends that are no longer in their faith today, no longer part of church, They once followed the Christ but now they're not. When we start down this thing called this narrow road we need to know that it ain't easy. We need to count the cost. And if this was working that would work really well. talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Dave, what am I doing wrong? It's on. He's gone. Sorry? Yep. There we go. Mary knows what she's doing. Narrow Road. This is not a, a postcard, this is not off the internet. I took this one. This is in New Zealand in a thing called the Milford Track down the bottom end of the South Island. I went with Scott Milan, and he'll never be in the photos because he's usually 5Ks in front of me. <laughs> he, was, he was much fitter. Um, This this particular track, 60 kilometres in three days. It's not easy. It's it's difficult. It's the long way around. It ain't the broad way. Jesus spoke about the broad road and, you, you know, if we're not on this narrow road, this narrow path, we are on the broad way by default. There's no third option. There's no third direction. The Broadway. I'm not picking on New Yorkers. This is um, this is Times Square. You see a lot of people. Broad Road, and there's one road that one road that goes straight through the length of Manhattan Island in New York. Do you know what know what that road's called? Broadway. Right. That's why I put it up there. I'm not picking on New Yorkers. But. This Broadway that looks inviting at first. It's exciting. It looks like a bit of fun. Jesus said this Broadway, spiritually speaking, is the road that leads to destruction. It's the way of the world. The third thing that this shortcut is not It's, uh, as I said, it's 60 kilometres in three days. It's difficult. Th- this, this narrow road is not a shortcut. Did I say that before? Or did I get my words mixed up? This narrow road is not a shortcut. We look for the shortcut in life all the time, don't we? Particularly in our modern age, we look, live in a fast food type of culture. Everything's got to happen now and quicker and better seems to be in every aspect of our life. We even abbreviate words so that it'll be quicker. You know, if you sat down and thought about the amount of things and times, uh, words we say that are abbreviated, you can shorten something down to three letters. I sat down and figured it out the other day. I said, you know, the doctors are the worst. You can, you can book an appointment with an MD or a GP, you can check your BMI and have an MRI or a CT scan or check your ECG. <laughs> On the farm I deal with with this stu- sort of stuff. I, I deal with PERSA, WCB, the EPA, the NRM board. I'm a member of SADA. I drive an ATV or a Case IH. And you have to remember to get your BAS statement so the ATO doesn't get annoyed. You can bank with either the, the NAB, the CBA, your ANZ. You can get insurance with QBE, the MGA, AMP, CGU, the RAA. The footy's on at the moment so you can watch either the AFL or the NRL at the SCG or the MCG. <laughs> you can, uh, if the cricket's on, you can watch the ODI or the BBL, all sponsored by CUB. <laughs> or not anymore, are they? You can watch the Pakistanis get out LB. (laughs) If you're off to a party, you must send an RSVP with an ETA, ASAP. How many times have we taken the SUV into the MTG to pick up the kids from the SMLC, (laughs) spend some AUD to get some KFC? If those who don't know, the SMLC is a school <laughs> where, you, where you send your kids and you hope they'll get a, a finish their HEC with a hiatus. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> yeah, some of you get that later. <laughs> it's not a shortcut. We've taken this into every aspect of our life and, and some have even, it's the fast food approach to life. Christians can sometimes even take this into their faith and they pray for something and expect it tomorrow. But Jesus said to ask and keep on asking, to seek and keep on seeking, to knock and keep on knocking. We want the shortcut and Jesus said, oh, I'll take you the long way around. It's my experience that that God doesn't care a whole lot about what we get in life. Yes, he's a a giver of good gifts but he doesn't mind taking you the long way around to get it. Remember the Israelites in the desert, they they were on a journey to a, a, a whole country that was a promise, the promised land. And a journey that should have took a few weeks took them 40 years. Why? Because God didn't care too much about their promise rather than who they became. He cared about their character. He cared about their heart more than what they received. So what is this narrow way? Here I am telling you that it's the long way round. It's difficult. It's not the shortcut. It's the long way around. Why the heck would I bother to seek for it? So you seek this road mainly because of its destination. We have accepted a lie in our culture that we that we use from time to time. It says you only live once. You must experience all that this life has to offer because you only live once. It's not true. Scripture teaches us that this life is just the trial run, the apprenticeship. And for those that believe in Christ will have eternal life. That's where this narrow road leads to. And you'll either be on this narrow road on the, to eternal life or you'll be on the broad road by default. And the Bible says that leads to something called the second death, destruction. Our narrow road leads to life. It leads to a promise of eternal life. For those that walk this narrow way, a great promise of eternity is to live forever in the presence of our God, our Saviour and our Friend. This path doesn't only just lead to life, it is the way of life. And those of us that dare to be part of it today will discover that it really is living with all of its twists and turns and struggles and hard work. Jesus is not talking about a literal path like I said, he's talking about a spiritual journey. And that shows up in scripture in different ways. It's described in in Galatians as crucifying our flesh. In Romans and Hebrews it's about living by faith. In James and Peter it's about enduring trials with Christ-like patience. In James and Romans... Again, it speaks about living a life separate to the world, part of it but not of it. John and his Gospel tells us to follow the good shepherd on this narrow road. And even the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, how can, we go, how can we know where you're going? We don't know the way. And remember his reply? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Now look at this narrow road coming up. I know the miles ahead of me. I can feel the blisters already and I got them on this. Uh, Despite all my wet weather gear, I know I'm going to get soaked to the skin because it poured with rain. And yet there's something terribly exciting about the narrow road and the unknown and where that goes to. There's something exciting. There's something I don't want to miss out on. I also know up that path there is a mountain pass and the day we stood on top of that, the clouds cleared away. You could see for miles. It was beautiful. I also know there was crystal clear water up there. There's mountain streams. I know there's the fifth highest waterfall in the world up that path. It's not only tough, it's, it's the way of life, it's truly living. David in his psalms spoke about this way as well. He spoke about God's word being a light unto his path, a lamp unto his path. You don't get to see a lot too far away. The lamp just shows up the next few steps so you can step into that one and then you shine the light again and you see the next few steps again. And that's how it works. Jesus said it's difficult to find but not impossible. Many of you in this room would testify the fact that this road is difficult to find but not impossible. And today I'm going to give you the secret to finding this narrow road. You ready? Ready? i 'm going to divulge a, a deep secret, one spoken only in eldership meetings, one passed down through the centuries. after we drink from the sacred cup and have our sacred handshake, a secret handshake. after we hum for a while we we pass on this secret i 'm in danger of losing my job on over this. I'm going to tell you how to find this secret, narrow way. Are you ready? Take five or ten minutes out of your day. Find a place where it's quiet. Sit down, open your Bible and spend five to ten minutes praying. That's it. It's complicated, I know, but it could just work. Just to spend that time in your own place where it's quiet and open the Bible and pray. Because if you're like me, you probably get too distracted. You get busy, you get, work gets on top of you and you get distracted by everything going on and you forget about that time. You don't take the time to spend in prayer. You don't take time to read the Bible. And then you find yourself in, down the track a bit and you think, God, I don't know what to do now. I'm sort of lost the way. And then I remember haven't been using the lamp. Just haven't picked it up. And if I stop using that lamp altogether, I drift off and find myself on this broad road that leads to destruction. There is a Greek word used here for the the word destruction in this verse. It's called apolia, which means, funnily enough, it means destruction. It means ruin, loss, perishing, or eternal ruin. The dictionary says that destruction is the action or process of causing so much damage that it no longer exists and cannot be repaired. You see, you can be walking on this Broadway. You can be walking on here with people all around you and yet feel completely and utterly alone. On the other hand, this narrow road is narrow enough but it's also wide enough. Wide enough for two. is you'll never walk this one alone. As I move on to Jesus' last point, remember this is his summing up. It helps to think about that when you talk, speak about the foundation, laying the good foundation because he's summing up everything he said. He said those who takes, in verse 24 he says, those who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Now what words is he talking about? You could say that Jesus is talking about all the words he's ever said and that would be a good foundation but that's not what he's meaning right here. He says you take all these words that I've been talking about, what's his mean? He means He's been preaching the last whatever hours up on this mountain. If you take these words and put them into practice, you're like the wise man that builds his house on a rock. So what are these words that he's been saying for the last however long he's been on this hill? You'd remember the preaching series we've been doing over the last three months. You'd remember the titles too, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? You'd remember them all. I I remember them all. I do. The fact that I've got a list of them in front of me is absolute coincidence. (laughs) Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those persecuted for righteousness' sake. We talked about the fulfilment of the law, murder, adultery, divorce, vows, retaliation, love, the Lord's Prayer, treasures in heaven that there's no judgment. Jesus is saying you take these words, sum them up in his conclusion. He says if you take these words and put them into practice, you are like the wise man who built his house on a rock. This would have made perfect sense to the Jewish audience that was sitting there and listening because it was their practice. If you're going to build a house... You would pick the rockiest, horrible ground and put your house on that, and you would leave the good farming ground down there to, to grow your food. It would make perfect sense. Our yeah, modern houses aren't built like this. Clearly, the founding fathers of Mount Gambier weren't Jewish. They're some of the best farming lands under the town. But our modern houses are built on sand. Do you know that? The modern way of building a house, you come in, you're you're earth moving equipment, you clear it all off, make a level slab, a level uh, area and then you bring in truckloads of sand, dig out your places, what we would normally call the foundations but are actually just the footings and then your whole house sits sits on a raft slab on top of sand. It's funny, isn't it? Jesus said when the rains came and the winds and the storm, do you notice the storm came to both houses? That's not fair. The storm comes to both houses. Jesus isn't saying here how to avoid the storm. He's saying how to survive it. And you notice the storm will always expose the foundation you build on. You watch in America where they they have those tornadoes come through those Midwest towns, and and the people they run when the cyclone, when the tornado is coming, they run down to the basement, the basement where that's built into the foundations of the house, and the house could blow away. That could end up in in uh, wherever Dorothy went to, the Land of Oz, but but the foundations will stand stand firm. You can rebuild on the, on the foundations. If you want to survive the, the storm, you hide out in the foundation. But you would never have known what the foundation would, was until the storm came. It exposes what it was built on. The same thing will happen to us. When the storm comes in your life, will they see, what your, well people will see what your foundation is made of Will they notice if you fly off the handle? Will you get angry at everything, everyone? Will you blame the government? Will you swear your head off? Will that be your foundation? Or will, you notice, or will people notice how calm you are in the midst of the storm? Will people notice that you, you have patience? Will they notice your faithfulness to God? Well, they notice that you trust him, even in the midst of it. In 2006, Chris and I stood next to an empty city block in this city. A few years before, planes had flown into the buildings and knocked the Twin Towers down. And now in 2006, they had cleaned up everything. And in this busy, loud city of New York, it was quiet as quiet. They cleaned up everything, but they had rebuilt the, the foundations. And as I stood there looking through the chain mesh fence, I realized that, you know, after the storm comes, it exposes the foundations. This is what this, these buildings are built on. We wouldn't have known otherwise. When we speak about foundations, we know that it's God's way. This is how God works. He always starts from the ground up. Remember what he said to Peter? He said, you were you Simon, but now I call you Peter and on this rock I'll build my church. In actual fact, that word he uses for Peter is actually small stone or pebble which is not too flattering for those of us named Peter. But that's what he says. (laughs) This is not built on very good foundations. And what Jesus was saying here, even though this, Peter, this is this small foundation, this small beginning, I will build my church on this small start. And the gates of hell will not overcome it. We ought to be in the foundation building business. But not foundations of our own. We ought to build on the one that Christ has laid down already. And Paul said in First Corinthians, By the grace of God by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation in, in the Corinth church as a wise builder. And someone else is build on it, building on it. We ought to be in the foundation-building business. I just want to finish up by telling a story, mostly to the kids here. If you if got your attention? No, I don't. Anyway, okay. Um, when I was your age, the year is 1985, and I was 12 years old. I know it's back in history. I know. And I was sitting on a Sunday morning in a little church in Allendale East in a big Sunday school. We we were in the the grown-up Sunday school group, the more mature one. You know, the more immature little silly twits were down the other end of the church. There was uh, uh, Sal and Sarah Tiller, I think their names were down (laughs) one. But we were in the grown-up, mature one and, and we... And my Sunday school teacher was my dad's uncle. Uncle Tom, I called him. He's no longer with us anymore. He's finished his narrow road. But he, at a time of life, he was an older guy. he was was a time of life where most people would have been retired sitting home on a Sunday morning. He took time out to teach a little group of kids. There was three of us. To teach us... Bible stories to teach us God's word and he would take that time and diligently and faithfully do that every Sunday. He wasn't trying to evangelise the town. All he did was lay a foundation and he, he laid up that foundation in my life and I'm so grateful for him. And I, a place that I didn't want to be and my, kid, my my parents made me go. I didn't want to be there. But now at the age of 40-ish, <laughs> I know my Bible really well. And I have my Sunday school teacher, my faithful Uncle Tom, to thank for it. So as you kids go to, to kids' time, and think of, your, think of your teachers, think of the time they're spending taking out of their day to to sacrifice and give up and and sow into your life and they're laying a foundation in your life that you don't know about yet. And one day when you're ancient like me, you'll thank God for them. If you're listening. Watch it on Facebook later when when you're not busy. Let's pray, shall we?